<laughs> well, is that a new beginning here to the Jimmy Palumbo show? Normally, I have some great rock and roll by the Southern Cross bands stay alive. And instead, Dave is hitting horns and uh, sounds like the Met reliever there. Um, <laughs> that was good. I like that. All right. You got that. Uh, I got all kinds of images in my glasses. This is just a perfect day for Jimmy Palumbo show. Number 154, otherwise known as one Byron Hunt. Uh you know, no, I think it's Andy Hedden. Uh, my brother's going to yell at me. 57 was Byron Hunt. 54 was Andy Hedden. Huge interception, I believe, against the Cowboys. Oh. The year we clinched when Joe Danello hit the field goal to clinch our first. We had to beat the Cowboys, and then the Jets had to beat the Packers that game. And okay. uh, Danny White, I think, threw a pick to Andy Hedden. <laughs> I'm going back 1981. Good. Mm. I think that was the year. Um, so 154. Uh, it's been a crazy week. I just got back from Montreal, Canada, um, getting involved over there. Uh, it was an interesting trip. Uh, a lot of fun. Did some skiing, went away with some people, uh, my buddy Dave and his wife. It was fun. Met some pickleball people and shit like that. We didn't play pickleball though. Uh, and I did my show, of course, live from downtown Montreal. Now, of course, we're live from downtown Mawa and also Dave Sturcio from downtown Matawan, New Jersey, from the Chop Sports World Wrestling Federation <laughs> Fight Club America of everything. He is the chameleon of podcasters. You don't know what his studio is doing. It's getting renamed. We do know that Chris Gucci is now in the witness protection program. Absolutely nowhere to be found. You know what happens when you co-host? I'm, I'm worried about you, Dave, because when you co-host my show, a couple of months later, you disappear. So Nine. don't be someday if I'm doing this show by myself, you say, well, you know. I don't know. Third show's gone. He disappeared. Uh, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Another uh, another successful week. I uh, recently launched another business, so I'm just yeah, trying now, to. Let uh, me know. You could uh, listen. Might as well take the time because I get I get confused. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know shit about wrestling at all. I have no interest in it. I but you're doing something, and it sounds like you're actually doing a league of wrestlers like yeah 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 so I, I obviously i've been in pro wrestling industry since 2012 i was active from 2012 to 2016 in the ring and then you know lo and behold injuries started to you know started to uh, creep up on me so i kind of transitioned into the broadcast world of it doing you know commentary and stuff like that ring announcing and um but yeah me and uh, a couple guys we decided to uh take matters into our own hands. You know, like w when you're in wrestling, it's, it's a very creative business. So it's like showbiz, right? Like you got to be creative. And sometimes like, I'm sure you know this, if you get cast for a role, regardless of, of the role and you know, the director's telling you a certain thing and you're, you're agreeing to it because that's your job to agree to it. But you're just like, nah, man, it would be so much better if I did it this way, right. you know? Sure. Sure. So, so overall, like, you know, I've learned in the, you know, 10 plus years that I've been around this thing, on how to promote, on how to be a wrestling promoter. So that's what I'm going to try to do. Fight now, Factory Wrestling is born. I knew it's called Fight Factory Wrestling. Yeah. Okay. FFW, like that. Um, the uh, now, is those, is this the stuff you used to do at the Rawway Rec Center there? That yep. kind of. Yep. So you're no longer doing that. You're doing No, your I'm own. doing that. I'm doing that. I'm, I'm subcontracted out to, you know, places like WrestlePro and um, I have an appearance. God knows why I have an appearance at WrestleCon, which is the biggest. Uh, who's who of professional wrestling, and they're like, Dave Sturgeo is going to be there, and like people are liking it, and I'm just like, you don't even know who I am. So what are you talking about? Yeah, so but it's a cool feeling. I was like, whatever. I'm so a, you're going to be. When's your first show? So we have two showcase matches. So I, I've I've linked up with this guy Tommy Fierro out of uh, 
he's actually up from where you're at. Um, he's got a store in Stockholm. Is that near you? Uh, West of you, West. maybe? I don't yeah, know. yeah. Um, he's got a, a store there. He owns a couple of promotions. He he's the one behind the '80s and '90s WrestleCons. So like he puts together all these conventions, and he's got a massive show on March 22nd. And he graciously gave the Fight Factory two matches. So basically, it's it's our matches. We get to book it how we see fit. Which wrestlers? Um, it's on our dime. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, you got to pay these guys to work. And I, there you, you know, I'm I'm the spokesperson of like know your worth. And now I'm just like. You're worth less um, <laughs> because I just told him. Hey, when you're the guy writing the checks, it's different. Yeah, now, day, right? now it's now it's gonna be. Uh, you know, try explaining that to the wife. And I was like, yeah. yeah, man, this this is gonna be a really good, uh, really good venture, and um, it could either really do well or we could be, you know, living on ramen soup. Uh, and she well, wasn't listen, wasn't too happy about that. I think it's great. You're trying something. Uh, yeah. Might as well try to launch something on your own. If it works out, you make right. money. If not, you just uh, you'd be doing my podcast. Uh, <laughs> at the very worst, the I'll very be back way. here on the Jimmy Paul Show. That's it. Which is which is a fine place to be here. Great program. Um, great program. <laughs> uh, uh, well, now I've decided to do the baseball card thing a little different. This oh. today. I finally got a baseball card. Don't switch this shit up on me now. No, no, no. It's not that. It's just that um, I'm not going to give you the name because this, for some reason, the, the purpose was always to have like shitty guys. We find them funnier. Like this guy stunk or, yeah. or a guy batted 290 for 10 years and no one knew who he is. Yeah. And now he's selling insurance somewhere. Right, right, right. <laughs> this guy is a household name, a oh. clear, he's a Hall of Famer. Oh. I, I'm not going to tell you who he is and see if you can figure it out. I think you'll get it pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, but uh, all right, and this is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear down by the trade station in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Go see Absolute Eyewear for all your eyeglass needs and other things. Go talk to Janine and Craig in Woodbridge, New Jersey. All right, so this guy's a Hall of Famer. Played 22 years in Major League Baseball, 1973 to 1995, okay? He played with the Padres, the Yankees, the Angels, Toronto, Minnesota, and Cleveland. Oof. Lifetime batting average 283, 465 home runs, 3,100 hits, 1,800 RBIs. Had 11,000 at-bats here at Shea. One World Series ring. Not going to give you tell you who to give it away, maybe. 12 All-Star games, seven gold gloves. He was on the Yankees. He was traded in 1990 for Mike Witt of the shitty trade. But he batted only 208 in the postseason, two home runs in 26 games. And he was one for 22 in the 1981 World Series. But he did get the winning hit in the 1992 series with the Blue Jays against the Braves. He also went to University of Minnesota. He played hoops and baseball. Won a big team championship in uh, basketball. Now, he was drafted by four teams in three different sports. Major League Baseball, NBA, ABA, and the NFL. The Vikings took him in like the seventh round. Uh, in 1981, he was the highest paid player. Uh, in 1980, well, I can't give this away. And he was in a battle for a batting title with someone you also know. And he also was not a favorite of George M. Steinbrenner. Um, I also hated him. I didn't hate him uh, because he he came after Reggie and I was a diehard Reggie guy and he was the, the, the new star after Reggie and I'm like, ah. But he, this guy was a nine-tool player. There's nothing he did shitty. 
um, just a great player and played long in the Hall of Fame where he deserves it. And probably could have made the Hall of Fame in all four sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you get drafted by the ABA, the NBA, <laughs> I mean, that's just classic. Um, and uh, the best part is he was once traded for a player to be named later, but then the strike occurred in 94. And in order to settle the player to be named later, <laughs> the two GM just went went to dinner <laughs> and the other team picked up the tab. So he got traded for a steak uh, at the end of his career. <laughs> so that's it. Nice I can't believe you don't know this guy yet. Oh, I, I didn't. I was waiting for you to stop the description. No, I was going to guess. Do you know who it is? No, oh, man. I, what position? Is that allowed? Outfield. Winfield? No. Yeah, Dave. Dave Winfield. Winfield? Oh there you shit, go. man! Good I'm not even. I'm not even that good. I know it's before your time, man. Yeah, Dave um, Winfield. I kind of figured as soon as you said, you actually said Angels Yankees first, and I was like, is he talking about Reggie again? No, <laughs> right? he, like, he played, well, he was a big trade. They got him from the Padres. Padres, the Yankees, but he had all kinds of issues with Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner actually got banned from baseball because of the. Steinbrenner paid a guy, Howard Spira, 40 grand to dig up dirt on Winfield. And Winfield really, at the end of the day, Winfield didn't really, he's actually like a decent guy. He never, he played hard, uh, a little bit like Patrick Ewing in that kind of regard. He played hard and, uh, you know, his stats, you know, can't deny it. He also got a double in the eighth inning of the, uh, of the yeah, ninth you said inning. something about, you said something about the Blue Jays World Series and I started going Joe Carter, but I was right. like, nah, uh, I can't, yeah. you know, that's what he was able to do. But he had, he did bat 208, uh, um, in the, uh, uh, what do you call it? In World the postseason oh, in 1981, where you lost to Fernando Valenzuela, Yankees, Dodgers. Yankees mm. should have won that series, but like Reggie was hurt and I think Nettles was hurt as well a little bit. And Winfield just went one for 22 and, you know, in Steinbrenner's world. <laughs> Way to if, pick up the slack, Dave. <laughs> if, yeah, if you're the highest paid player in baseball and you go one for 22 in the World Series and your team loses, mm. hey, welcome Bye-bye. to the show. So that's it. Dave Winfield um, yeah. is my guy. It goes against my whole code of, uh, you know, it's supposed to be a shitty guy. But And this is his card here. It's the all-star card here. Uh, and this is his 19, no, I don't even know, 1980. Oh, I have a, I have a Willie Randolph card just like that. Yeah, so yeah, uh, he played with Willie. So right. that's it. Who do you got? Well, on the on the shittier side of things, <laughs> as far as baseball players are concerned, I too have drawn a Yankee. Um, but it's uh it's an older Yankee. Started with the A's back in 1974. Played with the A's for three years. The Rangers for two. The White Sox for three. The Mets for one. The Braves for one, two, three, four, five. And then the Yankees, according to this card, in 1986. Fun pack, fun fact about this guy, as as sometimes the cards decide to give fun facts. Fun fact. uh, him and his wife have three children. That's that's the fun fact. <laughs> that is it. Um, he's a on this. They were good. They were good in the A's. Uh, he's a 278 hitter, according to this card. I don't know how many more years he played. He was a. I don't even know what the fuck was. I should know this. I suck. I should know this because he played with the A's. He was probably good. No, well, yeah, he played with the A's in 74, 75, 76. They so were, that was they were in the World Series and all that stuff. Okay. So then it looks like his longest stint was with the Braves between 81 and 86, uh, 81 and 85. And then he went to the Yankees in 1986. Uh, what position? Outfield. I don't know. Number Claude 15. L- Claude L. Washington? Oh, Jimmy Palumbo. And Claude L. for three. Wow. I knew there was a guy. <laughs> yeah, nice. he, was just, he was just a skinny guy back on the A's. He was a fast guy. 
Claudel Washington. Good, that was a good pull by me. Getting involved here from downtown Mawa. Is there any I'm more gonna... of a satisfying feeling when you nail a, like a like a some oh, kind of trivia nice. question? It's the best. Matter <laughs> like my friend Neil Goldhaber wants to come on the show. I'm going to put him on in a couple of weeks. He's like, he's my old frat buddy, and he's when we had season tickets to the Knicks. I've told you about with Jordan's first year. We were in the upper deck going like this guy. He's just, he's just a scorer. Like this. So <laughs> he wants to come on the show, and I'm like, All right, I I put friends on the show. Why not hmm. Neil Goldhaber? I'm here. Listening. So anyway, <laughs> Dave Sturcho, of course you're wearing, I'm wearing, okay, clearly you're wearing a Nick jersey, I'm wearing a Yankee jersey. So, uh, but we have bigger news here. Matter of fact, a spokesman for Joe Rogan has been texting me all oh. morning. Oh boy. As Patreon is officially at the 40 mark. Wow. Jeff Fuljoni getting involved here. Uh, Do we know Jeff? Do we know him? He is not part of the Palumbo family for three. Got it. Wow. Right. Now, you some could say I'm, I'm emptying out my bench with two minutes ago, so there's no family <laughs> members out there. Right. But he is part of uh, – I'm have to. i going to add up. Next week, I'm going to add up how many non-family members are on, uh, which is great. He's a Boston guy. I know him through Facebook. He's a crazy Artie Lang fan. He loves Beer League. Johnny Trino, he always wants – he loved that interview when I, Jimmy Palumbo, interviewed Johnny Trino. Mm. So he wants me to do it. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to revisit this. I, you're going to interview. Didn't you do that on this show? Yeah, but I did it. Now I'm going to have Dave. I think supposedly Dave Sturcher wants to have Johnny Trinnell on the show. So maybe oh, that's I'd love we'll, to. We'll have I'd love to. That. Maybe we'll do that next week to bust ball. Uh, no, we can't. Next week, you have a very special guest. No, Pat, not, yeah, Pat, we'll, we'll go with special. We'll go with special. Pat Volkmer will be coming on to do the Oscar material if he ever gets back in touch with me. Um He's in hiding. Here. He's in hiding for his fifteenth bad take on Chop Sports uh, Facebook group. We uh, we we were supposed to have Paul Borghese back on today, but mm. he ran into some family stuff. He just couldn't get there in time. I said, "No problem. I'll have you on soon enough." He's got a bunch of more stories that he, we didn't get to last time, so he'll be back on. Hope yeah. everything's going okay for you, Paul. But uh, yeah, so uh, Jeff Fulgioni, Full Joe. No, I'm getting it wrong. It's not <laughs> Fulgioni. It's Fulgioni. Uh, full Joni. No I get it right. If I got it wrong, well, listen, what are you going to do? It's my show. Um, <laughs> but he's a big, he's a big Red Sox fan, Patriots, oh. Bruins, Celtics, all Ooh. that awful list. But he says he's a closet Thurman Munson fan. So I got to get out of that. And he loves Artie Lang and he joined the Patreon. So I had to give him a big shout out. He wanted to be Gail Sayers at number 40, which those of you scoring at home or anybody who's near death would remember Gail Sayers, number 40. On the Bill Bates. Bill you Bates. Go, you're going to go with Bill Bates. Okay. Well, that's it. So Patreon news, getting involved here from the Omni. Um, well, listen, bottom line is I got to 40 on the Patreon. I'm rolling in it. I appreciate all the support. And, of course, on the show, you and I are always chasing miracles with your wrestling stuff and my Jimmy yeah, Swarmo show. But if you're going to chase miracles, Dave, you might as well go to chasingmiracles.com. Get those stem cell patches. It's the shit your body needs. Trust me, I wear them every day. I've been feeling pretty good at myself. I lost about 11 pounds here from the Omni. And um, these things help. They're non-invasive, no needles. You can still pee in the cup. They don't do anything. My mother used them. She avoided knee surgery because of these things. These things work. Check them out. Chasingmiracles.com. Talk to Tommy and Donna. Get them on the phone. They'll talk with you. They're good people. They love the show. They love me. I love them. It's all good stuff. And Serena Williams getting involved. She uses these things. So that's very cool. Um, well, of course, yesterday we, I, we had to get on the phone briefly or texting. I forget what we were doing. Uh, I turn on the S network 
And uh, there's Yankee baseball. And I love, I, as soon as you see that, you're like, ah, this is, I really think, I love the NFL and the Giants and everything, but you know what? I know NFL is king. I get all that. But baseball is just, there's something, I don't know. It's just. It, How it, can you not be romantic about baseball? Yeah, man. baseball just, is just, and of course, uh, the best player in baseball, John uh, Carlos Stanton, is, uh, he looks thin. He looks mean. He hit a. A, 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 a rope to center field, which I thought was going to fly over the guy's head. And then he hit a fly ball to the left. So I knew he was definitely on it. Uh, and of course, I think he hit a chopper after that, but uh, he didn't strike out. He looked okay at the plate. Juan Soto looks like he's Willie Mays now. Um, it's really going to be fun. Uh, if, you know, Soto, Judge, and then, uh, and then John Carlo, who's going to be batting eighth at the end of the lineup, that could be. Uh, <laughs> Like if you're John Carlos Stan, you got to be like, if I just stay healthy, I sit way in the back. And That's nobody, the goal this year for him, yeah, man. All he, he wants to do is play a full season. He spent thirty-one percent of last year on the IL. Yeah, and if he come, you know, he, 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 I thought he looked like he was in better shape. But Soto and Judge, and uh, it should be wild. Also, this kid Spencer Jones hit a bomb on opening day there, opening uh, grapefruit loop day. Anyway, uh, so the Yankees, listen. Uh, Rodon looked good, but like this is spring, spring training, you're up against guys who played for Tulsa University last year. So, uh, but I love the split squad games. Like, I would totally be a splits guy. I mean, like, <laughs> the, the game that's on, yes, I would end up in Clearwater playing against like the, the Indians and in, like a, a, you're a just, simulated, a simulated all you are game. is the Mer- Meredith Marakovich yeah. update. Like, oh, by the way, Marcus Stroman got tuned up on the yeah. other channel. Um, meanwhile, over here like Jimmy, on the TV. Jimmy Plumbo three for three in Clearwater today with a couple of <laughs> choppers that got through. We have no video of that. Uh, but uh, so it's good to have baseball back. Um, uh, hopefully uh, we could. Uh, yeah, I guess we got what about another month. A month yeah, well, they're actually opening up, I believe, March 28th. So, yeah, about a month so now. We got 30 days away from baseball. Love it. Uh, Rutgers hoops. Well, they won a couple of games in a row. Everybody was getting involved, and then they lost two in a row. They got smoked by Purdue. They got smoked by Maryland. Uh, everybody, this season has just not been that good. I don't know. Uh, they just, they're just not that good. They don't score. They had 18 points at the half against Maryland. At home. Mm. Now, I'm sorry. 18 points in your own building. And that lasted till two minutes. It was like 17 minutes to go in the game. They still had 18 points. And they held Maryland to only like 62 points, which isn't bad. But you only almost got 46 on the game. Uh, but we got, you know, listen, the season, I don't know if they can make the NIT now. I, I just think they're struggling. Which is and, the most pointless tournament in the history of sports. I know, but for probably. us, it would be good. You get to re- evaluate some of these guys. You know, it's a crazy thing. Was there 12 kids on the team next year? We got six kids coming in. We're losing a lot to graduation. We're definitely going to lose kids to the portal because we got this kid Harper and Bailey coming in and another kid who's ranked like, so we got the number two, the number three player in the country coming in. We also have the number like 40th player coming in and a couple of transfers. So Next year, like guys on this bench are not going to be there, or they're going to, and some guys should transfer. I don't know who should. Um, it's tough for me to call NIL money. I don't, you know, do you see, do you see what the NIL is doing for the uh, college football game that's coming out this summer? No. So they're, so if basically if you opt in as a college athlete and you're on the roster of this EA sports game, um, they're going to send you 600 bucks. 
So basically just just like Joe, a football game. Joe Smith, the backup left guard for Rutgers or whatever, is going to yeah. get 600 bucks to say, yeah, yeah, you can use my likeness. That's fine. It, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's such a dangerous thing. If you get hurt, you can, you really, I think you're going to get kids from like Ryder College and Ramapo College. So, yeah. Well, submit there. You have to submit. Like, so obviously you have to be somebody of note. And your football team has to be, you know, relevant to on the game, you know, like the game itself. Like you can't play, like you could play Rutgers versus Penn State, but you can't play Rutgers versus fucking Rowan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, Rowan's not gonna be a whole team or just like an all-star team. No, the whole team. Like it, like every single player has the option to opt into EA Sports game. Meaning wow. like Wimsat. Wimsat. Like if you if his if his dreads are on the game, like and it looks like him on the video game. He's gonna get six hundred bucks just for right. being on the game. All right. Well, so, all right. You get to have a. This video. was all. This was the long holdup for this game. There yeah. hasn't been a college football game since I believe twenty fourteen. Well, I don't. You know it'll make me nuts. Wimsat will still throw an incomplete pass even on a video game. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here, man. Look. What's that? Wait, hold on. I'm getting breaking news that Jimmy Palomo's been banned from another Facebook another group. Facebook group <laughs> via oh, his I critique on Wimsat. I think it's great if Rutgers can get on any of those games. Uh, I missed the whole, um, the whole video game thing. That was just before my time. I, I drove. Playing. I drove by the stadium uh, the other day, coming back from. I don't even know where I was coming back from, but I drove by Shy Stadium, um, and I was like, "Man, I hope Jimmy invites me a couple times this year because I think I'm, I'm going to be like pumped to see." Some Rutgers football. Yeah, yep. um, I got to get you to a, a basketball game too. Like, yeah, I want to go to the rack, hundred percent. You'll love that. Uh, matter of fact, maybe Thursday night. Let me know if you're around. It's possible. <laughs> um, all right, the Knicks. Now, the, I, I know this game, this show's not live anymore, but I watched a recent Nick game <laughs> against the Pistons Monday night. I thought the last twenty seconds were the craziest. First of all, I was making a joke. I sent a text earlier. The Pistons only have. Eight wins. <laughs> they're the worst team in the league. Yeah. Like, but eight wins? That's no, like, they're they're fucking awful. <laughs> in the one year I thought the Knicks didn't win a game all year. I, I think they had 19 wins. It's eight. <laughs> but they also got now they got the uh, the guy from the Knicks. They got Grimes. So since the trade, they they have better players now. So I, I think they'll they'll win a few games. And they played well against the Knicks last they're night. Still the NBA. It's not like they're talentless. You know what I mean? Like, the game. First of all, what I know the controversial foul call. By the way, I thought the ref could have called four fouls in the last. Oh, did you hear? The, the, did you hear the coach oh, afterwards? The coach oh. had a legitimate. Oh. And he's, he was right. The guy just dove into him. Um, but more importantly, no one talked about this when um, when Hart was at the line or Hart, Hartenstein. Am I getting this wrong? No, it was Hart. Hart was at the line, right, with three seconds to go, or two point six seconds to go, up by one. He. He missed the first free throw, okay? So now he's still up by one more to go. He missed the second one, but the rebound came right back to him, okay? And there wasn't really a piston near him. All he had to do was dribble backwards, and the game's over. Instead, Numbnuts took another <laughs> shot. He took another shot, which, why are you shooting? You're up by one. You, they got to foul you again. Try to... Kick that was a little bit of a brain fart moment, I yeah, think. And he yeah. shot it, and then he went to the line, missed him again, and a rebound came out, and he sh he went to go shoot it again. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, and I, had, I I read the paper. I went online. No one talked about it. like why is he? You're up by one with less than two seconds to go. Why are you shooting without a player near you? Made no sense to me, but it was wild. Um, 
Nick's one. But you know what? That's, again, Nick fans, it's, it's abusive to us. It really is. Like, everybody's like, oh, the Knicks, the Knicks. I'm like, even yeah, the, the, there's, there's nobody other. Like, you know, I played seven minutes last night. I don't understand. <laughs> there's no, like, there's no Randall. There's no OG. Uh, OG. I read today, as a matter of fact, OG back in three weeks. And apparently Randall, there was like a little bit of a small rumor that he'd be done for the year. He might get surgery or something. Yeah, but nah, he'll, he'll be back this year. Um, Dude. Look, everybody's saying that if this this Knicks team gets healthy and gel at the right time, that it's like conference championship or bust for this team. Honestly, well, I think I think they're going to lose. Um, I think they're going to lose a lot of games. I, I think they're going to be a low seed. I mean, a, a, a high low. I, like, I well, think, right now they're. At, I believe they're still in fourth. So it's you yeah, know, I, I without those two players. I think they're gonna. End They've been up. weathering it. I mean, I know they lost a couple games down the stretch, uh, right before the All Star break. What, but see what the Celtics did to them, it was embarrassing. I mean, the Celtics are the best team in the East. I, mean, I know, but, but but we don't even have it, our guys, so it's like, it, well, it how can we stack up? It was like, yeah. So I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna drop. Uh, but then the guys got to come back, and the Randall's a bad shoulder going into the lane, getting hammered. I, I, I it's like ah, oh, frustrating. We finally got this cool roster together, and then no mm. one's there. And Bogdanovich, whatever his name is, he looks like he's 140 years old. <laughs> uh, you know, he looks like me out there running around playing softball for Christ's <laughs> sake. Um, anyway, that's the Knicks. Uh, Montreal was great, had a good time. Uh, the speaking the French, bonjour. <laughs> we skied at Montremblant, getting involved. I even bought a little coffee mug, courtesy of ah. uh, Montreal. Uh, it was uh my skiing days are um uh uh you're I'm in one the, piece you're in uh, one piece so i, I figured am, you did I, all right. am, I am definitely at the end uh, i look a little <laughs> bit like maze in 73 now uh I, it's you know that'll do it here i can still ski but you know what my my, my foot was hurting my, my back was hurting all i wanted to do was go to the bar and look up at the beautiful mountain and drink <laughs> i was like i <laughs> I played a guitar, you know, it's like, ah, oh, lift tickets are $150. And I did like three runs. That's $50 a run. Like I'm at, I'm at great adventure or something like that, but. Is it really $150? I think it was 130. Some, some places are more. Wait, just to get lifted up there? Lift tickets. Yeah. Lift tickets. Now, now once you come back down, do you no, have to no, pay yeah. again? No, no. It's for the day. Oh, but still. I don't you know. Just it, fucking it, walk. I don't, well, you can't. <laughs> but the skier was I, back in my father's day. He walked up the hill both ways, uh, no both feet, ways, yeah. no no shoes. First Come on all, now, that's going to be our next podcast. It's Start show and Palumbo live from downtown Camp Go Mountain, where Dave's going to attempt to. You ever skied before? No, I've not. Uh, it'd be great to watch you stumble all over. The place. Uh, there's no way. I don't have like. Look, I, I quit basketball at, like the age of 14. You know, like uh, I, I kind of I knew my role. Like I was either going to be watched, a power hitter or a tight end. I watched. I watched. I watched you play softball. So even your skills there. Are, you, you know what you are. You're a professional wrestler. You're a professional seven years old at the time. You're a prof you had trouble even doing it in Beer League, the series, which, by the way, uh, we're anticipating Beer League, the series. Uh, According to sources, um, sources unnamed, sources uh, unnamed are saying that Beer League, the series will be in our possession by tomorrow or Thursday. Okay, that's so, the pilot. We're we're looking forward to that. I, say, I just want to see the fucking thing. I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm jonesing. I say it's not ready till next week here, Shay. <laughs> I feel like, you know what? I feel like we're like, we have like a, a six game lead with nine to play. We're looking all of a sudden it's like a two game lead with five to play you know, with a big three game series against the Bo Sox. Um, anyway, that, that should be exciting. We're going to figure out some stuff there. And um, 
And of course, uh, your friend and mine, uh, Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937, full service opticians. They got everything over there. Go down by the train station. Go talk to Craig and Johnine. They have Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Dave Sturchio's Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Calls Light, Vogue, Maui Jim, Costa Del Mar, and Charles Oakley hangs out of the store. <laughs> Why do you even have smile on that? I don't know. <laughs> they got glasses for every budget, including mine. Um, discounts for seniors, $100 off a complete fare. If you mention Jimmy Palumbo, Dave Sturgeon, Chop Sports, if you mention the word podcast, if you mention <laughs> that you you grew up in Woodbridge, uh, anything, mention uh, uh, my, my old friend Stu Jago, you get a discount. God rest his soul. They're open five days a week, closed Wednesday and Sundays. And that'll do it here from the Omni in terms of absolute eyewear. Go to, oh, let me give you the number. It's uh, 732-326-3937. Go check them out. All right. Well, it's time for, uh, uh, well, I guess it's time for a little segment we do sponsored by CornholeLevel.com. Now, Dave, tell us about this new segment. Well, the new segment is a couple of weeks old now, and I'm really enjoying it. I think the fans and the listeners are out there are enjoying uh, when Jimmy decides to peel back the curtain just a little bit, kind of give us an inside look as to, you know, the different elements of to, to acting, whether it be a sitcom or a movie or a commercial or whatever. So this week on Jimmy's credits, we have Rescue Me. Uh, Rescue Me was was uh, Dennis Leary's baby. Um, I'm a big Dennis Leary guy. I think he was, well, I mean, back then I was. Um, I don't really haven't heard from him in a while. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where he's been. I don't but, know what he's up to now. Yeah, I'm not I'm really sure. Call. We, we should right, call him. We'll call um, We'll have him on the show next Yeah, week. there you go. Uh, Dennis Leary, uh, Rescue Me, Firefighters. Like, all those shows have intrigued me pretty much my entire life. I've never been one of those guys that can, like, sit down and like on a Thursday night at seven o'clock and watch them all. I usually binge them all, but rescue me was around for a little while. And I chose this one because it looks like you had some kind of reoccurring yes. role on yes. this. So that you were there awesome. multiple episodes because a lot of Jimmy's credits on IMDb, you know, I'll say one episode, two, one, two, this one said three. So yes. I was like, Oh, you know what? Let, let's, let's peel back. I, rescue me. I was recurring for sure. Um, rescue me was in 2007. I played Brian um, it was season four, and I was episodes 11, 12, 13, all part of my Jimmy Palumbo in the season finale of shows, which was <laughs> Rescue Me, ER, Friends, and I'm forgetting one other one. I had like, I have, I'm like, so I don't play to the last game of the season. I'm like Mariano Rivera. I come in to close the damn thing. Um, Start playing Enter Sandman as it comes yeah, exactly on to the set. Right. <laughs> Forget about that's why I'm that's why I'm broke. But uh, it was, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I come in to close and we're up by we're up by six. Mm. <laughs> come in, scatter four hits in the ninth, give up two. We still win by four. Um, but it was awesome. It was uh, season four, episodes 11, 12, 13. Uh, and it was great. You have uh, Dennis Leary was there. John Skurdy, who played Lou. I, he was on the set with me. Uh, I really met some cool people, especially Harry O'Reilly. Uh, Harry is a great guy, really good actor. He was in Hamburger Hill, a ton of other stuff. And we just hit it off. We were part of three guys, four guys. It was me, Harry O'Reilly, this actor, Don Spark, who was a classic old character actor. This kid uh, younger was younger than me at the time. Dylan Chaffee played Cunningham. And if the four of us, on the show were part of 
the guys who drink at the firehouse in the city, like having some beers during the day while you're watching, you know, whatever you're watching on TV, watching Price is Right, you're you know, chowing down some beers. But, uh, and I remember when I first, we looked at the script, I was asking, I was like, wow. Because the NY, uh, the fire department of New York was very involved with the show. And Leary's a big fan. His cousin, I think, was somebody he knows was killed in 9-11, blah, blah, blah. And so he's a proud fireman. I'm thinking, ooh, this is showing guys like pounding buns. And I was, we were one of them. And then we like sleep it off. Then, you know, sometimes the bell would the bell would ring and we the guys would know who's got a buzz on, keep me in the back, just you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but the wild thing is when I auditioned for this, it to me, this is interesting. So I was in the process of buying uh, a wedding ring uh, for for my for my uh, my then wife, and I had to go with my sister down to Woodbridge. And next thing you know, I got the call that I had to go uh, uh, back into the city for another audition at like one o'clock. Then I had to come back and pick out the ring in Woodbridge. Then I, I pick it. Did you go to Jewelry Exchange? Yeah, right by the right by the center. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my, yeah. My sister knows a guy in there, and we, we picked out a nice ring. Then I had to drive back to the city with the ring in my backpack. Okay, mm. I go to the audition, and I'm convinced I, I was I was in a, I was I was right for the role. I was in a you know, and I, I had auditioned for Rescue Me. If you, I I auditioned for the original pilot, so I and I think I got a call back there too. So I was like kind of one of those things. You're like, oh, it's a hit show. I could have had a shot. Could have mm. been a contender. Instead, I hit a chopper to third. The guy checked the stitch, fired across the diamond, one away. <laughs> Double collapse. <But>, yeah. <laughs> Palumbo not running hard. Um, so the uh, <laughs> kind of busted out of the box, Jimmy. Come on, you know that. Uh, come on. So, uh, so I have the ring in my bag, and like the lady was like, "Oh, Jimmy, you could leave your stuff out here." And I'm like, "No." No. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, I have to keep this with me. So she thought there was like a pound of cocaine in there or something like that. Like, why did she... So we get into the room and the, one of the producers heard me and it was like, so I had the bag there. So they made, they make you do it a couple of times. And I was, I was ready to go and all that. I, I don't know. I don't know how good of an actor I am, but I was ready to play. And uh, all of a sudden they were like, oh, kidding around. What's going on? And all of a sudden it was like, ah, I said, you know what? Be honest with you. I got my wedding ring in that bag right there. And I have to drive from New York city into to New York uh, by uh, Rockland County to ask for uh, my uh, my wife's hand. I have to talk to the father-in-law. They're like, really? You're going right now? I'm like, right now? Vicious rainstorm. I barely knew how to get to the house. And they were like, oh, I'm convinced. They were like, you know what? Let's just give this guy the role. He's going to get married. Let's give him a shot. <laughs> so, of course, I left there and, you know, did all that stuff. But so we got to the set, man. It was like uh, the, the first day on the set now. Maybe I'm boring people to death, but I was in a, a big time sketch show live on tape, which we will cover. I don't think we did live on tape. We have not. We're gonna. Do I that. have the entire thing though. Like yeah, the, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do that. Um, but the director of it, this NBC thing, was this guy named John Fortenberry. Big time. Look him up. Big time TV director. He's like he's done it all. He was directing the first show, and I'm thinking, like, oh, what a comfort level, like. This guy just worked with me on a major NBC show. Now I'm going to come in. I'll just hit a quick three and hit sit to the bench, you know. And the first, like, two hours, he wasn't all that friendly to me. I'm like, oh, God, bro, like, we're boys now. You know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. I, eventually I started busting his balls. Um, but it was really good to work with him again because he's a really, really good uh, director. And um, it, you, there was something that happened on the set. We're, we're there, and I was just getting to know this guy, Harry O'Reilly. And uh, – we're sitting there and we had to do a scene and 
I find this story. I, I think I might have told this story on the show, but it's, you, I really got to set this up. So we're in this like locker room, and Harry's character has to say to D Dennis Leary, like, Jesus Christ, man, why are we right? That was the line. So Harry wouldn't say Jesus Christ. He was he would go like, ah, come on, man, right? So one take. Hey. Uh, hey, hey, come on, man. Like it was like, he, he didn't, right. I didn't notice. I didn't catch it. I didn't look at his lines. I was just waiting for my cue for my lines. And finally they yell cut. And the, the script supervisor, whose job is to make sure every line is recorded that is written for the show. She's like, uh, Harry, it's uh, that beginning of that line. It's Jesus Christ. And he's like, ah, uh, yeah. And he got a little weird over it. I'm like, oh, is he super religious? Well, Right. So then we do it again, and he, he and he he does this like instead of going, ah, he went like, he 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 did like a little he like that. So I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, God, the lady just told in my head now. I'm like, the lady as an actor, I'm like, I wanted to tap him on the back, like, dude, the lady just said it's Jesus Christ, so just say Jesus Christ, right? So all of a sudden, he literally went out like you know, they're moving cameras around, and finally, Leary's like, dude, you gotta say Jesus Christ. And, so this guy, Harry, who I love to death, and he's going to hate me for this, but he goes, ah, you know what, man? It's like my family, we curse all the time, but like, we're, you know, it's Irish Catholic and my mother's still alive and, and, and saying the Lord's name in vain. Is just, <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking that Dennis Leary is going to go like, all right, all right, just say like, you know, do it as you've been doing it. Not Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary goes, really? Really? Okay. Listen, I demand that you say Jesus Christ. And he wasn't like, he got all producer on him. And Harry's like, ah, come on. And they knew each other, which made it even funnier. And I'm like, I also, and I was like, oh. And he's like, because no, I want you to say it. it's important to the character, important to this show that you say Jesus Christ. And Harry was like getting a little pissed. You know what I mean? So, How do you even contest it? How do you contest that? Well, he, he didn't want to, he didn't, he didn't want to say I Jesus I understand Christ. that, but you're, it's Dennis fucking Leary. Like. I know. Well, <laughs> you can so with that, the next take, he did a soft Jesus Christ. I mean, it was like, he definitely got it out though. He went like, Jesus Christ, man. And then he got louder right away. So as soon as we get done, they go, uh, Dennis Leary was like, ah, I want that take. <laughs> Dennis Leary was like, yeah, that's the take we're going to use. And Harry was like, because he thought he did it better than the other things. And, and Dennis Leary smiles and goes, ah celluloid hero from now to the end of time i got you saying he did it to bust his balls and harry just went like oh my mother's gonna watch this you know what i mean so we were laughing about, i would have shit myself at this <laughs> so that was a lot of fun and then you one thing about rescue me all the props were real now uh i'm not exactly uh, uh you know uh, uh, a strong fella but they strapped you up with the real gear those really that 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 big pole that they used to knock stuff down, that thing is heavy. Mm -hmm. like oxygen tanks. The, everything was 100% NYFD. And I remember going like, damn. But every time you were in a truck, we had to do a scene where we had to get on and off the truck a bunch of times. I'll tell you something. <laughs> Talking about me being a lazy actor. I'm like, oh, shit, this heavy shit. I got to get up and down. I guess a couple times I was like, and Palumbo is struggling here in the eighth round. Judge Ramirez. And so I was like going in, but there was always guys. We had to pull up to this fire, right? You got to remember, we're supposed to be the drunk guys. We're supposed to be a little bit slower. But then there was two guys in the truck that were real firemen. That would they took a day off and they were probably getting paid two thousand dollars a day to be a consultant, and or they were just retired, depending on what the situation was. So we show up to this fire, and one of the characters is this uh, older character actor who's great, really, really good. Um, 
he was in uh, another big time show. Was it Sopranos? Maybe he has this white shirt on the, you know, the, the fireman that has the white buttoned up shirt, like the chief. Mm -hmm. And he's like in the middle and he's like directing what stuff to go. And I started asking, cause we, we, we had to stay inside the truck. So I started asking these two firemen, like what, what is that guy doing? He goes, well, he's the chief. He goes, it's controlled chaos. He knows the building. He knows what's going on. He knows the status of the fire. And he initially sends guys in. So certain guys go running in the building. And this building really looked cool. It had smoke coming out of it. It looked like, oh, shit, I didn't want to go in there as an actor. And so he was saying, the guy's like directing traffic, where to go. And I'm like, wow, that's really what they do. He goes, yep, that's their job. Everybody says, oh, these chiefs, they don't do shit. But when a big fire is going on, these guys know what's going on. But then it was another truck that didn't move at all, had the lights on. And I said, so so we're going to go in next? He goes, yeah, he'll send us in and we'll go in. And they were showing me how to like, how they, they don't run in their gear. They do like this little trot thing. Like, because if you run, you could fall. And if you fall... You could you know, cost somebody their lives because you fell on your face, but you don't walk either. It's like this little like trot. And the guy was literally showing me like, I was like, as long as I'm not running, I'm good to go. And uh, you're skipping. You're like, it, it, it's like a little trot. A little I, he was showing me a little bit, but not, not running. You're, just, you're moving and everything's fast. Like when you get out of the truck, you grab your stuff, you go, but the stuff was heavy, you know, but there was this one truck where no one ever got at him. So I started asking the guy like, well, what is that? You know, what does that truck do? And the guy looks at me and goes, oh, that truck. He goes, well, the guy looks at me and goes, those are the craziest bastards in the fire department. They don't go in unless a fireman is down. So he says, hmm. like, if the roof caves in, they go in. He goes, and you, like, not everybody can do this that job. In other words, he goes, he goes, you just don't mess with those guys. Some of the guys have been doing it for 20 years. Like some rookies try it at the firehouse, try to bust their balls. It's like, these are the guys you want as, because you know, when you go in, if you're in trouble, there's a code you, and I'm blowing all the codes. And if you're a fireman, you'd probably think I'm all out of whack, but maybe I am. But I know he told me if a fireman's in a jam, you got to see what these guys do, man. They, 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 they jump through windows. They, they climb the walls. They, they get on the ladder. They jump off. They, all they're trying to do is get to their guy and he even said to me, whether they're dead or alive, that guy mm. is getting out of this building. And he goes, so I was like fascinated by that, you know. And then we were sitting there and uh, we we started talking about 9-11. And one guy was like, yeah, it was brutal. I, he goes, I didn't, I, I, I didn't get down there. I was about to. And then the buildings fell. And But this one guy was sitting in the truck. And I, I think I've said this on the show before. And he was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, it was hard. A million funerals. Uh, some of the bagpipe guys that did funeral after funeral after funeral he goes but you know i'm just sick of this a lot of these firemen especially the ones in the suburb they're like 9-11 i'm a fireman 9-11 he's like you know please you weren't near it uh, just because you do what i do doesn't mean and he was kind of like a dick about 9-11 so i thought he's like he goes you know what 9-11 was a horrible day uh but i didn't lose anybody i knew i didn't lose any friends i just lost guys who do what i do and he goes so 9-11 to me is not the worst day of my career he goes, and, and I'm looking at him. First, I was like, wow, where's this guy going? I've never heard anybody talk like this. He goes, well, when I was in charge of a crew, I lost three rookies on a fire. They're like first month on the job. He goes, and I, they were under my responsibility. Mm. He goes, that was my 9-11. And he, he started to get teary-eyed. He goes, 
I've never recovered from that. Young kids, we went in, he explained some wall collapsed on him and they had no shot. And he was just like, you know, he was basically saying that uh, it's 9-11 was personal for a lot of guys. And then only personal to the field that you're in. That's what right. he was going to say. Wow. Uh, and then he went on to say about the funerals was tough. Uh, you just kept on going and going and going. After a while, guys became numb to it. Guys started drinking. And uh, so they did say that our script had to be edited tremendously because they really – we were supposed to be doing shots in the room and spilling liquor all over the place. And uh, I thought I did a solid job. It was the second and third episode were directed by – a beer league connection. This guy named Jace Alexander, who is Maddie Corman's husband, who played uh, my wife in beer league, and this was after beer league, so that was kind of cool. How does I? How does like? Are you just said the this the thirteen and fourteen episodes were directed by somebody different? Yeah, they sometimes. How does that I, work? Like, like, don't TV you have like a feel of, of a show, and like the guy just no, has to no, see no, it no. through? Sometimes, yes, but really, now my buddy Jack Layton over at APA, senior VP agent, he represents directors for our dramas, and his job is to get everybody on his group a job. Usually, directors only do two or three, hmm. and they get prepped. They get the scripts in advance. That's why when they get to the set, they're ready to go. They've been prepping for a month and a half on. So you shoot episode two. There's a director working on episode five and six. Do you notice? Do you do? Do you notice the significant differences between the two? Like, all right, so you're on episode twelve, and then you then yes. the new director comes now, in for episode thirteen. Do you see a difference to the average viewer? I'm not so sure, but there's definitely a feel difference. And I remember, and this is starting to get blinded now with with streaming and 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 uh, TV being close to film now. But a TV show is a executive producer writer uh, uh, forum the head writer the showrunner as they call it because back in the day the showrunner had to run the show over to the network yeah no i know that is, yeah. so, uh, uh, that's how the title the name came it's more of a writer's medium and the director's job is to direct everything that the writer wrote whereas a film director so those guys got to be like they, they together, gotta, like they gotta, yeah, director and writer have to be like in one. Yes. And they have tons of meetings for that. And plus the producers sit in video village and they watch and they've already discussed things, feel image. And the director does put his own little spin on things, but not in the way a director does in a film. Got it. A, a director of a film is, is, is Bill Parcells. Everything, it's all them. That's why they got, you know, they, they, they run the show completely. Um, it's more of a director's uh, uh, medium. Um, but it's really cool. Like the difference between Fortenberry and Jace was different, but they all capture the feel. And they got they got bosses, you know, the boss of the show, you know. Uh, but it was interesting to work with him, which was cool. Um, and, uh, and also John Skirty, who played Lou in it. He was great. And also Michael Lombardi, who played Mike on the show. He had an interesting character, you know, sometimes he was gay there and he had a tough, tough role to pull off. Um, and uh, I, I just thought it was a very um, cool thing. The producers, Tom Saletti and, and Jim Serpigo were really nice to me. Matter of fact, I have one of their phone numbers every now and then I'll text something. If I see their name in casting, I always look for a, you know, for a shot there. But uh, another thing that was cool about rescue me for me. And again, I was just a character actor, you know, I had decent, decent little scenes though, for sure. It's up on my website, I think. Yeah, I watched them right before. The One episode. thing I was totally, and I'm going to link this to Beer League, the series, and you, actually. 
Um, Dennis Leary was very involved in this show. In other words, he was one of the executive producers. And like, if he didn't like the way things were going, he would say something and go up and say to the director, Hey, can we do it this way? And, and even if it was a lot like the Jesus Christ line and those, he was actively involved. If someone came up with a funny way to do it, he would. And I said to myself, you know what, when, you know, let's face it, the, the name of the show could have been the Dennis Leary show. And when your name, you know, sign, I heard I, a buddy of mine did a couple episodes of Seinfeld. And he said, Jerry Seinfeld was very involved. He was at every casting session with Larry David. Uh, Larry David was very involved in curb. I, so I'm learning that some of the really good shows, the main guy, it's like Michael Jordan, you know, Michael Jordan, like, you know, he, he, he plays hard all game. Mm. He, he, there's no, there's no dog in it in front of him. And he, he'll tell the coach, we're not running that play. Let's do something else. And, um, it was really interesting to see that. So when we were doing beer league, the first five episodes, I kind of took a back seat because me and Tom collaborated, but he's a director. I let him do his thing. And then I realized like Jimmy, and, and this is no disrespect to Tom at all. Uh, I, I, w I had to get involved. And that's why I knew when you first started shooting uh, some of you, I don't want to re reveal plot stuff, but when we first shot, you were doing it a certain way. And I, I was like, I, I got to tell Dave, I got to, I got to say something because whether Tom didn't want to say anything to you, I was like, no, I, I'm going to tell David. My, my line was something like, dude, you're like a real asshole in this thing. <laughs> and, like you were being kind of like, not like, I think I did. I say something like when someone mocks out the Cowboys uh, four hours after a loss, like you're, mm, you're, you're, mm. you're not a good person. <laughs> like you're, you're a little creepy. You're a little bit of an asshole. You're a little pissed <laughs> off. And I wanted to, cause I knew you could do it. It's just a matter of you were doing it a little bit softer and I wanted it more, more of a jerk. And, uh, but I, 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 you know, even if we shoot more of these beer league things, I, I'm going to be more involved only because if I see something I don't like, it's my, it's, it's my thing. So, right. you know, uh, uh, no, you got to do it the way you want to do it. Got to do it the way you want to do it. So he was—I was very impressed by him. Uh, and he—and by the way, Dennis Leary, some of his books are great, uh, and I'm—I've always been a big fan of him for sure. So, uh, but that was it. Rescue me, three episodes. I made a lot of money doing it. Um, I wish, uh, I wish uh, when it ended in the next season, they always start with a whole new plot line and everything. I was like, oh, you know, uh, I really wanted to do that, but. It was great. It was a good experience. It was a real nice New York thing on your resume, too. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those, you know, Rescue Me, Curb, Entourage, uh, um, obviously Friends, ER. I have a couple of credits like NYPD Blue, the ones that like critics love, fans love. You know, they're like, then I have some shows that people, you know, like the, like the Drew Carey show. <laughs> they're like the Detroit. I saw that. And I was like, what the fuck like, is he doing there? Yeah, it's like the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> like Miss Maisel, when I did that show, people were like, oh my God, you're on that show. She always want to book cool shows and you want to do the scenes with the lead in it. Um, so it was really cool. And of course, this guy, Don Spark, was so great. He was just a veteran, you know, 285 hitter come in there and slap a ball to right field. But uh, it was a cool thing to do. Very, very, very cool. So that's very it. Cool. That's all I got nice. on Rescue Me. Um, it was fun to do. Uh, and that, of course, is sponsored by CornholeLevel.com. That's right. 20% off your entire order. You know what, Dave? Thinking of this, I didn't really show that. Your cornhole's been struggling here. And if you just get one of these little gadgets, you just put it right on top of your cornhole, <laughs> and uh, this levels it out. And if you're a cornhole player, 
Dave, you've been there. You've gone to a bad barbecue. 65 degrees today, man. It's starting to feel like that cornhole, uh, cornhole. You know, that, that weather is starting to turn. Your cornhole starting to feel a little better. Your cornhole starting to feel a little better because of the cornhole leveler. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, and if your uh, wrestling thing doesn't work out, I'm sure your wife's going to make sure you get a brand new cornhole. Um, <laughs> here at Shay. Um, I, uh, that's about it. Oh, what I want to say. Um, I just I I, show, I sent you a scene from Gravesend. Holy shit! You got your ass kicked. I woke up to that, so I fell asleep last night and I woke up to it. And I was like, I was like, oh, another scene from Jimmy. I was like, all right, I'll watch. And then I looked. You got the shit kicked out of you. The only show, it's the only show where every one of my friends who's Italian actor is in it over the uh, two seasons. And I played a I played a historical character. I played Lenny from Lenny's Pizza from the opening scene of Saturday Night Fever when John Travolta's walking down and he takes the two slices and he puts them on top that, that they order at the I play Lenny. And uh but boy do I get a beat and it closed unfortunately about six months ago. So not to not to spin this off into another like monologue or anything like that, because running low on time, but like when you get your ass kicked like that, no. that ain't you, right? Uh, Totally is. Here's what though. you got your ass kicked. Did like you notice? That did, is you notice did you notice I had my leather jacket on? Uh -huh. I look heavy. That's because underneath they put this like flat jacket. Oh, all right. So you can uh, get the 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 pipes to the stomach because, of, because of the baseball bat has to hit. My God, now is that guy dead? Did you did would that kill him in that scene? I, I don't want to reveal. Uh, all right, because I was saying they're they're pulling Lenny, it back. Oh, the Lenny, camera's pulling back, and I'm like. He looks oh, pretty really? fucking dead. Lenny, Lenny, <laughs> hey, by the way, it's so I, I hate to do this as another credit, but we'll just do it. They put this drone. They shot that with a drone. Mm -hmm. I think of the little shitty drones you buy for your kids that are like a hundred bucks. Th this was like, this was like an aircraft carrier. Okay, <laughs> and I see this jerk off running the drone, and it, they they started off about three feet above my body, and they went up in the air. But let me tell you something. I'm like. I'm saying to myself, hey, um, if this drone, like, you know, if it like he hits Crabs out, yeah. If or he hits the down button instead of the up button, <laughs> which we all do, like I'm gonna get so I look at the guy. So we during the, they landed it for a second, they had to adjust the camera on it. And I'm like, hey, dude, uh, listen, uh, you know, just saying, like, if that thing falls on me, I I'm I'm gonna be like you got enough, you got enough battery in that thing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was I was not happy with that drone flying. Great like, shot oh, though. Great shot. Great shot. But uh the funny thing, by the way, my line in there when I said, Come on, guys, it's not Halloween. It yeah, this is fucking Halloween already. And I'm like, Oh man, that's so Jimmy. Jimmy's playing himself. Like, this is great. <laughs> that, but you can see how heavy I am because I got that flak jacket underneath. Yeah, that's what we'll go uh, with. Then they gotta do the fake. Yeah, see that. <laughs> <laughs> but then the scene behind the pizzeria at Lenny's uh -huh. it really was shot at Lenny's. Here's the best part about that. I know we're doing like two credits, but this is funny to me. You would think if you were a pizzeria and you're shooting a movie or a TV show, and you, you got to shut down for the day, right? Sure, yeah. No, 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 no. Not Lenny's Pizzeria. We were, I was behind the counter and people were coming in. Hey, uh, two slices. I'm like, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the girl in the scene who has a role, my a sister in the scene, she was like, hey, "Hang on one second, like so they're, they're getting like I was like I was like, are you kidding me? That would be like if we shot beer league on a baseball field if there was a game going on and we had to shoot it <laughs> while like, hey guys, hang on, a girl wants to get up right now. Like, what are you talking about? It was like that's so funny. Guys were coming in and they tried to tell one old lady like, 
no, no, no. Those garlic knots they sell in pizzerias. The lady was like, no, no, I really need them. I'm having people over tonight. The, lady had to like, <laughs> the actress had to like get the garlic knots. I was like, this is fucking nuts. That's so funny. It was so Brooklyn to me. Like, no, nah, I don't Like, and people walked in. Only about 10 people, customers walked in, right? Only one of them were like, were like, oh my God, you're shooting a show here? That's cool. The other people, they were like, yeah, we're shooting a TV show. And they were like, oh, yeah. I'll take 10 garlic nuts. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. I, I hope you enjoy your show. Can I get two pepperoni? <laughs> she had to put them in the oven. The oven was hot behind me. I was like, this is nuts. That's so funny. Anyway, I did my scene with Louis Lombardi, who I think every time I do a TV show, I mean, it was. Yeah, I was going to say that was like, at least for me, that's the third and time and I've seen you with that guy. We couldn't get him to do beer league, the series. So Louis, you suck, but I love you. Can him. you get him on the show? I want to talk to him, man. He yeah, seems I'll, like a fucking you know what, cool you dude. Know what? I'm going to try to get Louis. Maybe we'll get him. There you there. go. We after uh, Pat Volkenberg comes on. I can't do it to my father. <laughs> That's the entourage line. <laughs> uh, all right. Pine Tar Bar and Grill, Fork and River, 609-489-4286. The best sports bar in America. Go check it out. Also, Lisa Ruane, 201725-1251, certified therapist. If you're in a jam, you're not feeling right, you got to call Lisa and hopefully she'll help you out and tell you where to go, how to get, um, she's not going to tell you where to go. She'll tell you. You're in the right place. Yeah. You're uh, no, just w where she'll guide you and, uh, and help you out. Um, that's about it. I think that's about all I got here at Shea. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have on Pat Volkmer and the week after that, maybe Paul or when he, uh, when he gets, uh, back to whatever he's dealing with. And, uh, that's it. So Yankee baseball is officially spring training. Uh, the Knicks want to talk it over, and uh, uh, it's all about colonial pen checks coming in. So I can pay for all this. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. We'll see you.